0: What's the matter,
1: Morty? Floral, the spring. Pinch my old breath.
0: Floral, the Great gown, beautiful gown. Yes. Fashion has changed. I'm Lauren Garoni.
1: And I'm Chelsea Fairless.
0: And Chell, I'm going to tell you something that might shock you. What? I didn't
1: hate this episode. Okay, that's truly shocking because your energy last
0: week was like an atom bomb. (laughs) Which don't worry, guys, we will be recording a very special Barbie Heimer episode. For sure. But you know, I feel like I speak for a certain segment of the audience who also feels just as angry. But look, that can't be my shtick, and especially when I didn't hate... I hate certain things in this episode. <laughs> wow, that's
1: so generous of you.
0: I agree. I'm glad that
1: Carrie had a boyfriend of the week. I think that benefits the show immensely. I liked the Che and Miranda stuff. We got Charlotte and Ralph Lauren, but I've realized that my read of the show and perhaps your read of this show is so different from week to week, from episode to episode, because mentally I keep shifting between two mindsets. And one of those mindsets resists the aspects of, and just like that, that depart from sex in the city or don't feel true to sex in the city. And then the other mindset is like, this is clearly a different show. They didn't want to make sex in the city. Why can't we just accept it for what it is? Like Charlotte accepts Rock for who they are.
0: Rock has to accept Lily's burgeoning Taylor Swift songwriter career. I also think the issue is, which I was wrong about when we went into season two, I predicted that this season would go down a little more smoothly because we had 10 episodes of the first season to get used to the new tone. My issue is the tone changes not from episode to episode, but scene to scene. You're right. Between scene to scene, there are four shows within every episode. Yeah, it's like the idol. You know what? Maybe it is for our ADD adult minds where it's like, it does give you that feeling you had growing up of just flicking through the different channels because suddenly and just like that is a zany family comedy, a fun, sexy romp. And I don't know, sometimes marriage story, as I like to say. There's a lot going on in this episode.
1: Also, we should mention this was co-written by Samantha Irby, who wrote the Carrie Pissing in a Snapple bottle episode last season that we loved. And Lucas Froelich, who worked with Daddy MPK on Two Broke Girls and that RuPaul show that he made for Netflix like a few years ago.
0: And this episode is directed by Cynthia Nixon.
1: So proud of our girl. So this episode begins at Che Diaz's apartment.
0: Which is evidently in Hudson Yards, as we'll learn. They're up partying? Were they partying in this scene? They weren't partying, but Che does establish they just went to sleep an hour or two ago. Miranda's alarm goes off at 5 a.m. because Miranda has an early class. Because it's not just that she's going from the Hudson Yards up to Columbia. She has to make a pit stop in Brooklyn to wake Brady or else he'll sleep all day. I did enjoy a very Cynthia Nixon-esque Yelp. So much of this episode reminded me of season four Sex and the City episodes just aged up for the women that they are now.
1: I'm on Che Diaz's side of this domestic drama, I guess you could say. Like, it is fully crazy of Miranda to wake up at 5.30 to go make Brady pancakes.
0: Well, it's also a Miranda we've never exactly seen before. Which is Miranda cooking. She makes a reference when she's in the house saying, if I didn't cook, you guys would starve. It's like, did Magda teach you to cook? (laughs) Yeah, girl, you don't cook. What are you talking about? Like, if you put a gun to my head and said, who did the majority of the domestic labor in the Miranda Steve Brady household, I'd be like, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: Steve cooks.
0: Also, we've like... Light sped into a different season into the show. We are no longer in summertime, Chell. It is now Halloween.
1: I know. I was a little shook when I first saw Rock. I was like, wait, aren't you supposed to be at summer camp? (laughs) And then I realized because there is so much plaid, this has to be taking place in autumn.
0: I'm also on Brady's side, who's like, you don't need to keep doing this. I will get up. Well, it's fun to see how similar Brady is to Miranda. Like, this is a
1: Miranda response.
0: Although we've had several callers be like, hey, am I the only one that's noticing that Brady looks like Skipper? (laughs) So then we have Miranda and Carrie walking in the park. We are also reminded that it's not just fall, it is specifically Halloween because Miranda notes that Charlotte is going to be so mad that they did not dress up for Halloween, to which Carrie says, I am Helen Gurley Brown. It's totally Carrie, checks out with her character, shout
1: out to a legend. But this woman did not look like that. Just if (laughs) anyone's wondering like, oh, I didn't get the reference. It's because like, just Google this woman now. 90% of it is hair because she never had long hair. And it's not like wearing bows in her hair was
0: something that she regularly did. But Carrie does have the cosmopolitan magazine clutch remember when that was a thing
1: yeah i love those well she also wore one of those in the episode where she goes to i think a magazine party on a boat and runs into mr big it's not the same exact clutch but it's the same concept oh my god yes that had such a moment in the early 2000s it did But I listened to the Writer's Room podcast and they said that they initially wanted it to be Coco Chanel. Oh. Then they wanted it to be Audrey Hepburn, which I could see because Carrie actually does have a lot of clothes that are Audrey Hepburn-esque. Like the Oscar de la Renta dress that she wore to the... Ballet. Yeah, or like the dress that she wore when she had the breakup with Aiden.
0: I've always wondered about that white dress. Was that borrowed? Did she have to give it back? It's really beautiful.
1: But I guess SJP was like, Audrey Hepburn is too generic, which I do agree with. But this is like very obscure. I just think this would go over the heads of most people. Although I, of course, appreciate the reference. And between this and Gloria Steinem last week, it really does feel like they are name-checking all of the greats. Well,
0: all your faves as well. All of my
1: faves. Yeah, I love that. But the realness isn't there.
0: But it did give us this funny piece of dialogue where Carrie says to Miranda incredulously, When have you ever seen me wear bows in my hair? To which Miranda goes, I don't know, Wednesday? They get to the party
1: and Charlotte is pissed because they're not dressed up.
0: And thus begins a subplot with Charlotte and Harry about their love for the now defunct FX show, The Americans. Have you ever seen it? No, because it's a show parents watch. My parents watch The Americans. I bet your parents watch The Americans. Yeah, they probably do. I love that Miranda seemingly always has a red clown nose in her (laughs) purse. When you go
1: to a Halloween party and you don't have a costume, it's an unspoken rule that you have to wear black. Is it? You know what I mean? Because that at least blends in. To wear a
0: like purple knit outfit, as Miranda is doing, is a choice. But, you know, Miranda did come in costume. She is the comic disaster that is her <laughs> life. So I thought that was funny. Yeah, she's true to form. There's a lot of solid dialogue in this. Shall we go through all the costumes? Well, let's go back. Charlotte is the Carrie Russell character from The Americans. Harry has hair, and he's supposed to be the Matthew Reese character. But the little that I know of The Americans, Matthew Reese has like a full on perm in that show.
1: Yeah, I googled the Americans to try and figure out who he was, and I just gave up at a certain point.
0: He's the lead character. I What I do perceive of this show is that they did wear a lot of wigs, but it's like, that's not the wig to go for. Yeah, I think there's some hair problems happening. But then it is explained as we get into the full Charlotte and Harry storyline for this episode.
1: Well, also, it's clearly very deliberate that all of their costumes suck. Like, we're not here just being like, these costumes suck. It's like they were supposed to suck. Do
0: we think so? Well,
1: Carrie and Miranda Miranda, and Charlotte, not the rest of the girls. The rest of the girls are fine. Like, LTW is Bride of Frankenstein. Anthony is the devil. Naya is... Catwoman, the Eartha Kit edition, which is probably the best costume. Also, it wasn't until I saw her that I was like, oh
0: shit, she wasn't in the last episode. It, it-, it took this episode to be like, oh, right. I guess she was off selling all of Andre's things last episode. That was going on off screen. Right, she was burning all the beanies. And Seema is not Padma Lakshmi.
1: She just didn't dress up either.
0: And a woman like Seema, I would understand, would not get dressed up for for a Halloween party. This completely tracks. For sure. So
1: Naya talks about how she hasn't met any decent guys on chocolatesingles.com. And... Sema and Carrie and her decide to like go hang out at some hotel bar to meet men
0: what have I been talking about for the last year which is all I want for men just like that is to be like the real housewives of New York and this is a thing within the real housewives of New York there is a hotel they go to called the Regency where they meet men so are you happy I love it are you finally happy Let's not get crazy now. Can we talk about the little moment that Anthony has where he hits on a very hot gentleman who has his uh, beautiful abs out only for his wife to come by and they walk away from Anthony. Right,
1: because they had previously fucked at the gym, but he was like closeted. Is how I interpreted that.
0: Oh.
1: Like Anthony was like, hey, and he's like gaslighting him that they didn't have sex in a public shower because his wife is there.
0: Oh, that's not how I read. I read it as like, I would recognize those abs anywhere of like, we've seen each other at the gym. Not that they fucked. Oh. But it reminds me of the Margaret Cho joke where she's like, of course, only gay men have abs like that. Those are only abs you can get from sucking dick. <laughs> yeah,
1: I remember that. That's the only way you can get that kind of definition that's or right. something, I believe is, was her joke. So good.
0: Miranda is surprised that Carrie is down to go to this single ladies five star hotel to which she says on the outside i'm a mouse but on the inside i'm a tiger and i need to get on with it and i was like oh wow what a clever carrie line and then she's like actually it's helen Gurley brown (laughs) (laughs) i just assumed that it was like well now that carrie was able to read her audiobook chapter where big died like our grief storyline we're over with we're
1: done with it Back at LTW's apartment, her and Herbert are indulging in some light George Washington role play. And this made me feel like I was on drugs
0: because... Did this look familiar to you? Well, I assume this is a meta reference to the fact that this actor played George Washington in Hamilton. Yes.
1: And is literally, as I learned from the Writer's Room podcast, wearing his costume from Hamilton. So, this would basically be like if Che Diaz showed up at the Halloween party dressed as Callie from Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> as a Hamilton fan, I understand and appreciate the reference, but it is one of those details that takes you out of the world completely and you're like, oh, nothing is real.
0: There's so many confusing things, right? Bethany Frankel exists in this world, so does Andy Cohen? Right. It's like that. That's what this did for me in this particular episode. I do like like the line where LTW says to her husband, you don't get to comp troll me. (laughs) I tried to like figure out what that job is again and it, (laughs) it,
1: it didn't really work. I think they just audit people. They just audit like every government agency and make sure that the city isn't being like fucked over.
0: Yeah, they're the chief financial officer of a city. I totally forgot, but wasn't he supposed
1: to be running for mayor last season? And isn't that like a totally different job? It is a totally different job. Right? There's multiple things in the first season that they have seeded that they have contradicted like in season two. It's so weird.
0: Yes, and we did get several calls pointing out the fact that LTW in the second episode, Little Black Dress, of the first season tells Charlotte that her father died. Wait, what? And yes, and yet he showed up. In the previous episode, when Charlotte forgets to cancel her lunch with LTW and she begins crying, LTW is like, don't worry about it. When my father died last year, I was a mess. Whoa. But maybe LTW has two dads. Oh, I love that. That's (laughs) great. Harry and Charlotte are watching The Americans, which I was like, please don't tell me that their entire storyline is around this show, The Americans, but thank God
1: it's not. Because Rock comes in and is so hyped because they just got scouted by someone from Ralph Lauren.
0: Does Ralph Lauren have their own scouting department?
1: I don't really question the realism of this because... This plotline does feel rooted in 2023 in the sense that luxury brands are scouting random gender non-conforming like children and teenagers for their ads. <laughs> so Harry does have a right
0: to be suspicious.
1: I don't know about that, but I liked this because while it doesn't really make sense that Rock would be so hyped about this, like that feels a bit against character to me. The situation feels real.
0: I mean, look, do I want another child storyline? No, but if it if we have to have one, I think Rock potentially being a noddle is a great one. Sure. Now we have Naya, Seema, and Carrie at the bar. I do love Carrie's line, the last time I met a man at a bar, my phone folded. Aw. Seema has this line that she's seen enough dicks that nothing surprises her because... Naya reveals she's only really been with two men. And when Seema had that line, I was like, hmm, I wonder if that will come back and bite her in the ass at a certain point in this episode. So Naya gets hit on immediately, Seema gets hit on by a gin rep who asks her to ask the bartender if a particular gin is stocked, and it's not because... Oh, Nettlefield?
1: Isn't that what it was called? Nettlefield Gin?
0: Is this how you get your liquor into a brand or restaurant if it isn't already? You just keep asking for it? I have no idea, but a sort of douchey liquor rep does
1: seem like someone that one of these girls should have sex with.
0: So Seema is in the Samantha role for this episode? Playing the role of Samantha (laughs) for
1: this performance.
0: Is Seema. She brings the gin rep salesman back to her apartment and something so incredibly shocking happens. He reveals to her that he has an ED issue, which like, that's not a problem. Did you clock that his name was Ed? No. <laughs> You're welcome. I just think of him as the gin rep. It's like, okay, he has a erectile dysfunction. Here comes the Viagra. But oh no. No. He has a whole contraption. I don't know if, if Seema thought it was his briefcase. Did she not notice that this came home with her? It's shocking. But I don't doubt that this kind of shit happens. Did I even
1: say it's a penis pump? <laughs> oh, did It's like the penis pump you get at like the Hustler store or something.
0: I have not seen a penis pump in a piece of media since Austin Powers. (laughs) Are we saying that men still use penis pumps? I didn't think men use penis pumps to begin with.
1: Right, I thought Viagra solved the penis pump thing. So Seema calls Carrie while wearing an all-white outfit, which is like the ultimate signifier of wealth in New York, to tell her about the penis pump debacle Carrie is in plaid of course and Carrie stops in a bike lane and causes a cyclist to crash but it's not just any cyclist it's Mariska Hargitay's husband.
0: I don't know this man's name I only know him as Mariska Hargitay's husband and yes we are well aware that he was also the guy in season six that Charlotte goes out with and Mrs. Harry. Did she even
1: go out with him, though? Or was she just introduced to him at the mixer? Because this was the guy that went to Yale.
0: Yeah, he's basically not Harry, and that's why Charlotte doesn't want to date him. I would love to think they're the same person. I doubt it. And also given Sex and the City's love of casting the same actor twice as different people. On Law &
1: Order SVU... You can be on the show like once every two years as different characters.
0: That's true. Has Sex and the City or in Just Like That ascended into law and order territory? It looks like it's getting there. So Carrie wants to take this man to urgent care, but not just any urgent care. The one on 14th Street, which I bet you're wondering why Carrie knows that there's an urgent care on 14th Street. And it's because she once saw an Olsen twin walk into it. I really, really loved that. Oh, I'm here for the bizarre facts that Carrie knows in her head. Well, also, it's like that's how you remember places,
1: by what celebrities you've seen going, you know what I mean? Especially if it's someplace you've never been inside. Do you have that? I mean, I associate different grocery stores with the celebrities I've seen there. If I was in New York, it's like once I saw Chloe seventy go into a crunch gym, and I was like, interesting, crunch, and I will remember that gym because of the Chloe 70 thing for the rest of my life.
0: That's true. I do remember when I lived in New York, I worked out at the Crunch on Lafayette, and I once saw Padma Lakshmi on the treadmill in jean overalls, just being like, that's interesting.
1: She loves overalls. (sighs)
0: So anyway, Carrie and this man are at the urgent care. She's helping him fill out his form, because he's probably broken his wrist. And suddenly we're in a Netflix rom-com. She believes that when he says his emergency contact is his partner, it means he must be gay. She does this whole thing where they're address neighbors because he lives at 245 East 28th, and she lives at 245 East 73rd Street. She's like, we're practically neighbors.
1: Yeah, but you know what? We get a boyfriend of the week. Thank God.
0: And then we're back up on the Upper East Side. Rock is helping Charlotte make dinner. They try to sell Harry on modeling for Ralph Lauren. Does Charlotte say a line that Rock will be wearing the same stuff that Charlotte did when she was a teen model or just the idea of wearing Ralph Lauren in general? Yeah,
1: they're wearing like a classic polo shirt.
0: Right. To which Harry has the line, next stop rehab. Rock has thought about this from every angle, right? They're like, well, I'll use the money I make to plant trees in Israel. What is Harry's issue? Because he is a lawyer. If you don't want your child to be screwed over or their image to be used in a way, like, write that contract.
1: Yeah, his concern is usage rights, which just would be negotiated ahead of time. But whatever, I can let that go. Again, we have to have some conflict for this plot line to move forward.
0: That's true. And I do like Harry's line, I'm smelling a Taken-type kidnapping (laughs) vibe. (laughs) Totally. Carrie, still at urgent care, on the phone with Seema again. Carrie says that she can't leave because she can be Googled and so therefore I guess sued. That's
1: her first fear. She doesn't want to be sued.
0: She also asks if she should maybe write him a check and I feel like we're getting an interesting insight into Carrie's fame and wealth level or like her own self image. Right. But we're setting up this thing where based on things that Carrie has heard this gentleman say, she believes he's broke and pathetic because he's talking about this app that is crucial that he needs to sell. Well, this whole... Plot is about Carrie
1: making assumptions that turn out to be false.
0: Yeah, he also gets his credit card denied, which do we think Carrie just paid for that for his urgent care trip? No, he pulled out another card. Yeah, Naya has a one-night stand. She's able to get her ass up to Columbia quickly, and I love Naya and Miranda gossiping.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that she's single now and we're like done with that situation. It was such a bummer. Especially like the IVF plot line for someone that like didn't even want to have a child.
0: <laughs> well, it also explains why, in the previous episodes, except for last episode where we didn't see Naya, why we see so much of her apartment, it's to set up this, this scene where Naya offers Miranda a room to stay in.
1: Well, them being roommates seems like a fun idea.
0: Absolutely. Again, I'm here for this. You know why? It's fun. It's light. It feels like something that would happen in OG Sex in the City, but just updated for where these people are in their lives. I also like Naya's code switching into her professor voice when she's talking about how fun one night stands are. And this was in the trailer when her students walk by and she's like, hello.
1: Yeah, that was cute.
0: Now we're into the Carrie stalking plot line where, yes, she shows up to this man's apartment. Might I just say, what an apartment. It feels vaguely like
1: the three men in a baby apartment. Like it's so expansive, it's so 80s, and it's such a bachelor pad. Like I don't like the decor necessarily, but the space is incredible.
0: To me, it reminded me of Tom Hanks' Loft and Big. Yes, exactly. Same vibe. There's a real adult child vibe, which can be explained by the fact that
1: he's a startup bro. Right. He's been hustling in the tech space ever since college.
0: And he's sold three apps and he's well on his way to sell his fourth. Is he though?
1: Because if I was like looking to buy an app, these men would not instill me with a ton of confidence.
0: Yeah, if you are on the verge of selling an app, should you be finishing the pitch deck hours before? But yes, Carrie has brought food in her able-bodied hands, which we learn can only type 92 words a minute. Is that good? Maybe that is good. Honestly, I don't know how many words I type a minute. But yeah, this guy is like turned on by her tiny little wrists. (laughs) (laughs) I know when he grasped her hand, I was like, okay, all right. This is a moment. And then they kiss. And then
1: Paul, of course, comes in and fucks up the vibe completely. We're on a deadline, bro.
0: Oh, I know, because I was excited for a second, because I was like, yes, Carrie is back to having sex with Rando she just met. Like, we're getting season two, Carrie, but then Paul comes in and is a complete wet blanket. Now, you and I are very close. We are, I would say, partners. I often say, you're my work wife, but... I don't think we've ever picked up each other's dry cleaning. <laughs> Could you imagine if my dry cleaner called you and was like, Lauren hasn't picked this up in a month, Chelsea?
1: <laughs> yeah, that is wild.
0: While he is being a cock block, he is kind of right. I mean, I will always be on the side of the person trying to make a deadline. Of course. Carrie asks if she could borrow a
1: bike, which is a strange choice in a land where city bike exists. But also, is it safe to be riding a bike in that outfit? Because she's wearing like a long cardigan, a long coat.
0: Well, but that's the best thing about this line is she's basically like, psych, I only take cabs.
1: Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I didn't even get that. I missed the punchline.
0: I would imagine this is Samantha Irby- dialogue because it feels like something you and I say to like fuck with someone and be like hey could I take your bike and she's like just kidding I only take cabs you broke bitch
1: I'm surprised that Carrie is even taking cabs just because like taking a cab is so off brand for Sarah Jessica Parker she's about that like subway life that's true she was just on Howard Stern talking about how she loves to take the subway I love that and he's like what in you feels the need to do that? He straight up did not understand where she was coming from. And he was like, why? Like, what's your motivation? Like, what are you getting out of it? I think is what he said.
0: Well, it should also be understood that Howard Stern has been driven to work and back in a stretch limo since 1990. So I understand how it would be hard for him to really grasp that. But, you know, Sima has a driver. You would imagine that with her life with Big, they had... Raul or whoever replaced Raul. It is interesting that she herself doesn't have a driver. Well, we can't make her that rich is the reason why. Seema
1: can be allowed to like flaunt her money or whatever, but Carrie likes to keep it real.
0: She's still going to make fun of people that ride bikes evidently. (laughs) So we have Miranda and Che at dinner. Che is talking about their pilot and the upcoming feedback screening for said pilot. And Miranda is eating incredibly hot food just to keep themselves awake. Is that a thing? I don't think that's a thing. I suppose she's trying to make herself feel so uncomfortable that she's awake. I don't know. I think
1: this scene was really about the Curry Lingus joke. It was like whatever we needed to do to get there, which this is like the most authentic Che Diaz joke you could possibly write.
0: Oh, that's going to be the end line of their upcoming special.
1: Meanwhile, at the Ralph Lauren shoot, Charlotte shows up in the most iconic, legit vintage Ralph look ever. I really, really loved this. I think the costume designers did an incredible job because there's nothing more Ralph Lauren than that roughly blouse peeking out from under the vest.
0: It's basically every character from Days of Heaven pushed together, right? It's like a frilly Victorian high neck top with a harsh tweed vest. Well, it's a white vest in a
1: brown tweed blazer and then some sort of like leather midi skirt or something. <laughs> love.
0: I love Charlotte trying to flex her Ralph Lauren past and the stylist B is like, okay. Also, very legit costuming on this stylist, might I say. That felt Correct. And then everything begins to make sense with the Harry and Charlotte American storyline. Even why Harry is in a wig that doesn't exactly make him look like Matthew Reese. It is because he wears that same wig to infiltrate this shoot. And it was giving me uh, how do you do fellow kids vibes. Yeah, it's very
1: uh, 21 Jump Street undercover cop vibes.
0: Well, yeah, he immediately weirds everyone out by acting like a QAnon dad, asking if there's like weird, sexy stuff that's about to go down. Yeah, he looks like a full-on pedophile is like the sum of this look. Charlotte immediately spots Harry, which, thank God, because I wasn't sure how two and a half men we were going to get with this (laughs) storyline. I know that we've stripped so much agency from Charlotte over the years, but please let her be smart enough to know that that's Harry in the wig. (laughs) And she is, she's pissed,
1: and she tells him to get the fuck out, and he does.
0: And I guess that storyline is about the fact that Charlotte's never got to be the fun parent. I guess Harry's always been the fun dad, and Charlotte's like, maybe you don't like this because you're not the fun dad. And I'm like, you have have a point, Charlotte, but Harry also has a point about like I just want to make sure that my kid is not going to get not abused but taken advantage of
1: sure but the way to do that is by looking at the contract in granular detail and not like showing up and asking is there anything dirty or sexy on that green screen (laughs) this is literally what people on the internet thought the creative behind that Balenciaga Adidas campaign was
0: yeah yeah that's exactly who Harry is But Charlotte reminds him that if you don't leave right now, all trust will be broken. Because it's like, yeah, what was the end game of this? (laughs) (laughs) Now we have Miranda and Carrie at a thrift store, question mark?
1: Yeah, like a Salvation Army looking for a twin bed. This is the most depressing thing in the world. What is going on
0: with Miranda? I have no idea. Is Miranda living off of savings? Is Steve giving her an allowance? Like, how was she able to get to L.A. and not work and not... She's, well, really- she's in school. That's what we forgot about. We
1: forgot that she's still in school. She was in L.A. for the summer because she wasn't in school. So now oh, she's back in yeah. school, which... I completely forgot about.
0: Can we talk about Carrie's outfit? Because at once it feels like Sarah Jessica Parker's influence, but then also it feels very Carrie season four. Because season four Carrie loved a big 1950s taffeta dress. It's
1: the 50s dress that makes it feel very Carrie. It's the neutral color palette that makes it feel a little more SJP and just like that vibes.
0: And also the Ascot-esque hat that she's wearing. I think it makes sense.
1: I think this makes a lot more sense than like these long skirts and big coats. And to me, this felt the most like her.
0: Carrie asks, why are you moving? Why can't you ask Steve when he's moving? And she's like, well, I can't ask him that. If the last episode happened during the summertime and they went to camp and it's now October, seemingly four months have gone by and Steve has made no attempt to move out. Anyway, I guess
1: they decide to not get like a disgusting haunted bed from the Salvation Army.
0: Yeah, even though Carrie says, I'm not going to make any more snap judgments because I completely called it wrong with the uh, Maershka Hargitay's husband. However, when I see that mattress, I think bed bugs. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, Carrie, why don't you use, as Enid has said, your new widow money and buy your friend a Casper mattress? Surely Miranda knows about Casper
1: mattresses. She's buying a Floyd bed frame with a Casper mattress. That's what she's doing. If she just needs like a dorm type setup in Nia's apartment.
0: But beyond that, Carrie did a podcast. Surely she did some spawn and some ad reads for some sort of direct to consumer mattress that she could give her friend at the very least a promo code for. Promo promo code VAG in the city. (laughs) All right, now we're at Che at their feedback screening.
1: Which I feel like this was kind of the best chunk of the episode. This and the scene afterwards with Miranda.
0: Yeah, I haven't really had much in common with Che Diaz up until this point. But as I'm in (laughs) post-production on my film, I find myself in the same place Che Diaz was in this episode, which is getting feedback and basically having your ass handed to you. But we're also, just because we
1: have a podcast, we're used to getting feedback about how annoying we are. Like, that's like, that's part of the gig.
0: It's mostly love. And then, yeah, a few like, God, you guys are annoying. But you have to be able to take it if you're putting yourself out there like that. And if you can't take the heat, get out of the Che Pasa. (laughs) No, look, the point of this scene is clearly a comment from the writers to us as an audience about our feelings about Che Diaz.
1: Yeah, and I think they did right by us in terms of what this character actually said. However, visualizing
0: us like this was slightly rude, but whatever. This genderqueer person from Brooklyn says, Che felt like some walking boomer joke, just some phony, sanitized, cheesy-ass, performative dad joke bullshit version of what the non-binary experience is. Also, they would never be able to afford an apartment that big in
1: Bushwick. That was so great because that is a throwback to the discourse about could Carrie afford her apartment and just general feedback from New Yorkers about shows that are set in New York and how fake those sets look.
0: More shows today that take place in New York are actually shot in New York. That's definitely a reference to the boom of 90s comedies like Friends and Seinfeld and... The single guy, Caroline in the city that were all shot on sound stages in Burbank. Yeah,
1: I liked this read of Che within the show because as we know, if Che Diaz was a real person, this is how the general public would react to them. And if the writers are going to double down on this character and give them even more screen time in season two than they did in season one, despite the response from the audience, we have to find a way to unpack that within the
0: show. We've often talked about how successful someone like Ben Stiller is at doing media within media, right? Commenting on TV shows and movies within his own movies. And I felt like they really did a good job. It gave us an opportunity to empathize with Che, which
1: we also got when Miranda ruined the family scene earlier in the season. But you do kind of want to give Che a hug.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Daddy MPK, we're not heartless people. We can empathize with a creator who's work they're seeing go down in flames in front of their eyes especially for choices they didn't agree with and didn't have the final say so back at
1: che's apartment miranda has gone like full ad busters kill your tv energy around this situation
0: this is all people care about is selling soap it's just like corporate law i was like wait hold on these corporate assholes can eat shit <laughs> I kind of loved it. I understand both perspectives, but I just feel, especially throughout this season, the way that Che shuts down Miranda when Miranda is trying to comfort them is just sort of like, it makes me, I put myself as Miranda where it's like, come on, what the fuck do you want me to do then? Like, I'm (laughs) trying. Okay, but this is the thing. It's so realistic because... If
1: you're in a relationship, there are those moments where your partner does not comfort you in the way that you want to be comforted. Like, did you ever see that viral tweet about comfort versus
0: solutions? Correct, but I will also offer that Che seemingly doesn't want either. Che just wants to be alone and to smoke weed. No, Che just
1: wants to wallow. And I think sometimes you just need to wallow for a couple of days and get it out of your system. It's when you resist the wallowing. Right then you carry that shit around with you and you don't get the recharge that a good wallow can give you.
0: Here's the other thing I'll say about the frequency that Miranda and Che are seeing each other in this episode. Too frequent. Like, it's very clear that Che needs space, Miranda needs sleep. Why are you going back there seemingly every evening?
1: Well, we had to just set up her moving in with Naya and all of that, but... To your point, I think that like Miranda is giving solutions because she's literally saying like you need to make another show, and it's like can you imagine wanting to hear that in that moment? Absolutely not. Just let me feel like shit about the fact that even non-binary people hate this show.
0: This is one of the few times I am on Chase's side because unless you've worked in the entertainment. Industry, like when one project dies, you can't magically get a new one or believe that the next thing you write will have the same amount of success as the last, even if your last thing was a pilot that never made it to air. So I do understand Che's point of view of like, I can't just write another show. Che should just do another stand up special, just go back on tour. Che should just
1: have their podcast again, since that was clearly. (laughs) I understand that the network went under because Carrie didn't do her spawn, but surely they could do another show. Of course.
0: I understand your point about Che obviously wants to wallow. I just feel like Che doesn't want anything that Miranda can give them really ever. And that scene where Miranda leaves made me go yeah why did they try to make this work beyond it just being a fling
1: yeah their energy is so mismatched like when Miranda is like I'm gonna be your cheerleader let's go let's go
0: it's like if I was Che I would have had to like hold myself back but that's the core of Miranda I completely understand this as a fling you know you have some fun sex for six months and then you go oh we have nothing in common
1: well that's clearly what's happening and I can't imagine we can go many episodes beyond this where they're still together
0: don't you dare dare daddy mpk
1: look it's setting up naya and miranda being single together and being roommates right that's that has to be what's going to happen
0: and who knows maybe carrie's apartment gets flooded and she has to move into naya's apartment as well (laughs) get a threes company situation if anyone is out of a home, they should all just move in with Sema, right? Yeah, for sure. Speaking of which, we're back with Sema and the penis pup guy, who I guess is called Ed. He finishes, then he's mad that Sema is finishing herself off. You fail to
1: mention that she grabs a gold dildo. And you know how women's magazines love putting like $10,000 gold-plated dildos in like Valentine's Day gift guides? She's the person that actually buys that.
0: I can't help but think that that was Gwyneth Paltrow's influence as well. So he leaves, which is like great. She continues to masturbate. And then he yells from off screen how uncool he thinks it is that she's doing that. And it's like, get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) I loved Seema in this
1: moment. And I love that she made fun of like the sound that the penis pump made.
0: Oh, and the horrifying image that she wakes up each morning to... The penis pump
1: in her dish rack. Yeah. I love that she finishes herself off and doesn't give a fuck.
0: And this is a very Sex and the City storyline that would probably have been given to Samantha if she were in this series. For sure. So Carrie
1: is about to get it on with the app guy in more plaid. This... Carrie outfit is fully Sarah Jessica Parker. Well, it's also very Ralph Lauren too, because it's like the plaid shirt with like a scarf print maxi skirt. Also, we failed to address Miranda's very Ralph Lauren moment, which was that like plaid southwestern fringed jacket that she wore in the previous scene with
0: Naya. When we cut back to Carrie in the scene, I was like, oh right, this is the protagonist of our show. I forgot she was in, in this episode. I'm glad that she
1: is having sex or about to have sex. But of course, Paul fucks it all up again. Goddamn Paul. Instead of just designing a deck and like having it like on Google Drive or Dropbox like a normal person, he went to like a FedEx Kinko's printed out a physical like stack of paper, which he was then going to messenger.
0: That's what I perceived of this as well. You would imagine that, you know, it would be a PDF that you would upload to WeTransfer and then send that link to whomever needs to see it. I gotta say, I don't think these boomers are gonna sell this app.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not getting good vibes from them.
0: But I thought the conclusion of this episode, Mariska Hargate's husband runs out of the room, he leaves his phone, of which Paul is FaceTiming him, and Paul goes, Carrie, are you still there? And she's so uncomfortable on the bed and has to sneak out of the bed without Paul seeing her, which felt very true to the series. Her leaving uh, Mershka Hargate's husband's apartment reminded me of Carrie leaving the ADHD jazz musician's apartment. Mm-hmm.
1: And that was a funny bit of dialogue where she's like, I checked the box that said single, but actually you're married to Paul.
0: When you have businesses that are intertwined with your personal life, you don't just have a business partner. Sometimes you have a work wife. This is no Lennon and McCartney. (laughs) Actually, I do know this man's name and it's because I know it from the end just like that. His name is George because in just like that, George and I were over, but at least I got back on the bike. What bike? bike. I know I, I was like she's not on a bike and then
1: I was like oh it's a backup on the horse she means like dating but it's like but you already dated the podcasting guy like that was the getting back on the horse you've been on the horse
0: this was a poor and just like that you know these and just like that have been pretty rocky this season except for the I repurpose my pain one. This certainly wasn't a season low. I I don't think we can get any lower than, and just like that, Eden and I were PayPal's. No, no, definitely not. And that'll do it. Uh, When do you think Aiden will be brought into this series? Because we're at the halfway mark, and so far, no Aiden. But doesn't it have 11 episodes? We've heard it's 11 episodes, but we worry the 11th episode is just a documentary again. That is fine. The
1: documentary was amazing. I would love another documentary. But yeah, I have no idea when Aiden is going to come back into the equation. But we needed her to run through a few guys before we got to him, just so it seemed like she was trying to date.
0: God forbid she dates any more guys before we lock her down again with Aiden.
1: Yeah, some fuckette made the incredibly accurate observation, the podcast producer guy looks like one of the marionettes from Team America. (sighs) And we need a boyfriend that doesn't look like one of those guys. Like, these guys are so rom-com, it's crazy.
0: I mean, like we've said, let's bring Justin Theroux back as an entirely different character for an episode.
1: Okay, that is it for us. If you crave even more and just like that content, check out our post-show, and just after that, we will be back next
0: week. All right, guys, see you then. Bye. (laughs)